Tuesday, November 7th, and you know we make an awful lot about mental health these days, and rightfully so. It is an issue. Among sports fans, it's a huge issue. And for our mental health, the San Francisco 49ers need to go to Jacksonville and pick up a win because the weight, look, the weight of the second half is immense for the San Francisco 49ers. There is no debating that. There is no doubting that. We all know the stakes that are riding on this season. But the load becomes unbearable for you, for me, for the local media, for the team. I mean, if they go and lose in Jacksonville off of a bye week, even though the Jaguars got a bye week too, oh my God, strap in for one of the bumpier rides that we could possibly begin a second half with. So just go take care of your business, San Francisco 49ers, when you get to Jacksonville. All signs are the team is looking better, looking healthier, looking crisper. Chase Young fitting right in. He's learning secret handshakes. It, it, like We're good. We're good from a players-ready, focused standpoint. That's the way it sounds anyways. That's good because, look, this four-game stretch, it's a tough one. And honestly, because in this four-game stretch, you've got two conference uh, we two conference opponents in terms of just the NFC between um, the Buccaneers and the Eagles. We all know that the Eagles are more than just a conference opponent. Like right now, they are the darling of the dance. So that's a huge game. You've got a division opponent with the Seattle Seahawks, and you would want to win within your division and within your own conference before you're like, all right, well, there's an AFC game too. That's the least valuable. And I, and I sort of suggested that yesterday. And there's a part of me that believes that, but then I slept on it. Oh, I, I, we, you don't want it. You do not want to go into a Tampa Bay Buccaneer game, all kinds of tight, all kinds of nervous about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because you came out of the bye week and you dumped one in Jacksonville. You just don't want it. We would have a full nationwide referendum on the Niners. We'd be right back to questioning absolutely everything from Brock to the Wilkes hire to Kyle can't win the big game or, you know, it, it just doesn't have it anymore. The league's caught up with him and, you know, what happened to the defense and five and oh was just a total illusion. Like all of that is being stuffed into the musket right now, being ready to be aimed and fired at the 49ers if they don't handle their business in Jacksonville. So God, please, if you can't beat the Jaguars, how are you ever going to beat the Eagles? How are you ever going to beat the Chiefs? Like, the segments write themselves. You don't even need to be an experienced TV radio producer to come up with a few segment ideas here. I just gave them all to you. I just did the 49ers if they lose postgame show for you in the last 30 seconds. Every single one of those questions is going to be the first question. Oh, God. Just handle your business. Beat Jacksonville. And in that action, if the 49ers do that and get it done, oh, my God. They're, wait until you see the, the other reaction. Oh, hey, look out for the Niners. You know, they had that reset during the bye week after that three-game losing streak. They're getting healthier. Kyle Shanahan, look out, everybody. Like, there is only one of two ways the outcome of this game goes. Everything in the world is getting better. I mean, whether the Niners lose by one point 
or 30 points. Everything in the world is wrong with the 49ers or everything is better with the 49ers because they won by one point or 30 points. Like it is, if it weren't for overreaction, we wouldn't have any reaction these days. By the way, welcome to the Plus. We just hopped right in this afternoon. I came in uh, head of steam. Uh, I'll tell you where I was this morning. Very interesting morning, but cheers. Got home a little late. That's hot. Think about what you might be someday. You're not there yet. Um, Worse of this, though, the worst part of this, more than the noise, because look, the noise is something that you and I deal with. The noise is something that the media sells. The noise is where the conversation happens, and the noise and the conversation around what's really happening around a football season shouldn't matter much to an NFL team. This isn't college. This isn't rah-rah. You know, I hear people like, I want to see more more emotion from Kyle Shanahan. I seriously don't care if I ever see Kyle Shanahan ever happy a day in his life. Just get the job done. But more than any noise, more than any doubt, or I, I should say more, more than any noise or, or just nonsense that would go on with a loss, whether it be by one point or 30 points, um, the doubt would start to seep in just a little bit in that light. You can't, you can't lose four in a row with one of those losses being out of a bye week and think, yeah, everything we hoped we could be, we definitely could be it. The shred of doubt within the media. I don't care within the fan base. Doesn't matter within the broadcasters doing the game. Who cares? Doesn't matter. What matters are these players. What matters are what they believe. And uh, the not... There is now nothing but doubt circulating around you. It wouldn't be that. But it would be the first step towards that. It would be the first step towards that within the player's own locker room. So just avoid it. Get it done. And oh, by the way, doesn't it feel good to be back to... Yeah, we're back, baby. So, look, tomorrow we're going to start to get into the specifics of Jaguars week. Matchups, where to exploit, who to look out for. That's tomorrow. Today, um, I'll just ask you, like, what do you, what do you really know about the Jaguars? Right? I, I There probably isn't a team that has less buzz or common knowledge around it than the Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe the Houston Texans, maybe the Tennessee Titans. But these are the off-the-radar NFL teams, if you will. Unless you're playing them, it's re- unless you got fantasy numbers rolling, these really aren't teams that you think very much about unless you got something directly going on with them in one way or another. Um, you know, any, anyone, I think, that is a, a check-the-box, yes-I-am football fan would be able to tell you, like the name of a, a head coach and a quarterback to just about any team in the league, right? I would think so. I would hope so anyways. Um, beyond that, I would say the Jacksonville Jaguars are one of those teams where once you get past the head coach, the quarterback, people are going to have trouble naming names. People are going to have trouble naming names. Travis Etienne doesn't just you know roll off the tongue among common, not diehard football fans. Uh, he's really good, by the way. Um Let's just start with something basic. Here's how little you know about the Jacksonville Jaguars. What's the name of their stadium? 
real quick, I'll hold. What's the name of their stadium? That's right. It's called First Financial Field. No, it's not. But you totally believe me there for a second, right? You totally believe me there for a second. It's called Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Fifth Third Bank is a big uh, uh, group of banks that are really in the South and, and, if, and around the Midwest. No, it's not Fifth Third Bank Stadium either. You didn't know that. You, Everbank Stadium. I swear, the Everbank Stadium. Do you ever bank? Hell yeah, I bank. Everbank? Everbank Stadium. Okay. I know that they got a pool. I know, I know that they got a pool in that bad boy. I know that they got a really big, long scoreboard. And I know that uh, the fans like to go Duval. Here's what you also need to know. And this feels a little hard to explain. You got both teams coming off of a bye week. The Niners right now, a three-point favorite, at least when I made this note last night, by the way. Maybe it moved a little. I don't know what happened today. I didn't look. But uh, the Niners are a three-point favorite. And I'm not really sure how, considering this is a pretty good and battle-tested Jacksonville Jaguar team. You think that they would be getting points at home, but this is the respect that people still have for Kyle Shanahan and the Niners and the way that they're built in the season that they're supposed to have. What makes it even harder to understand is that the Jaguars are riding a five-game winning streak, and the 49ers are obviously three losses in a row. But the folks in Las Vegas say this is supposed to be a 49er win. They're the favorite. So like I just said, for all of our health, for your health, my mental health, for the fact that we don't have to have uh, just ridiculous callers and angry chat rooms and everything that comes with a loss out of a bye week, just get it done, 49ers, please, for the sake of all of us. Get this one done, even though I'm willing to admit that in this next four-game stretch, it's the least valuable. You know what's better than 3-1? and 4-0, baby. So go be 4-0. Go be 4-0. Oh, Damon, you're just assuming they beat the Eagles, uh, the Buccaneers, or the Seahawks? No. If things start going wrong, this could absolutely be 2-2. Two and two, And if it's 1-3, and three, that's the death sentence on the entire year, basically. So we're going to know everything we need to know about where the 49ers are going in the next four football games for sure. Like I said, give me one more minute. Give me one more minute. And in that minute, let me tell you about my friend Ike who wants to serve you sandwich today. He wants to make it easy for you. So he's asking you to just download the Ike's Reward app. Like anywhere you get your Ike's, your, your apps, just put in Ike. The reward app will show up. You punch in your credit card number and that bad boy turns in a way to get delicious sandwiches to your door depending on where you are and considering there are nearly 100 Ike's locations now just about anywhere you are that bad boy might work especially here in the good old state of California so get yourself the Ike's Rewards app start earning your way towards free absolutely delicious sandwiches and uh I tell you I like the chips I like the zap chips I even like the uh the the salted caramel cookie that I sometimes order when I'm going for real fat boy tendencies 
Uh, I absolutely love Ike's. Uh, the guy is fantastic. The sandwiches are fantastic. The business is fantastic. Find out for yourself. Again, you know, Uncle Boys remains a sponsor here, but they don't sponsor uh, the show in the way that, that they used to. They're a small growing business and they've grown again. And I just want to keep giving love to Uncle Boys. I really do. Because not only can you go to their Balboa location, but you can now get to Uncle Boys at the Union Street Pub on Union Street. Look at Uncle Boys going all bougie, bougie Union Street. Beautiful lady day. Pinkies in the air. Well, put your pinky down. Go in there. Get a burger. It's a good bar. And they're serving Uncle Boys burgers in there now. So I love the fact that my man continues to grow and expand. And that's what we're all about over here. You all met. I hope so many of you did meet John from Uncle Boys at Plus Mania 2 Electric Boogaloo. And he's just, I mean, if if... He's about as easy to root for as a person I've ever met in my life. I just really like the guy, and I want to give him even more than we agreed to uh, here as a sponsor of the Damon Bruce Show. But he will, of course, be bringing us good for ball, bad for ball segments dedicated to Michael Urban uh, each and every Friday. And I'm not wearing one today. The season tips off tonight, baby. Indiana Hoosiers back on the basketball court, which means... I am whole again. I am one with the universe. Once again, Indiana basketball is back. Oh, thank God. Thank God. That's what makes daddy happy. But I'm wearing an Indiana t-shirt today. I'm not wearing a Jax t-shirt. Jax has the best vintage, coolest sports t-shirts you're ever going to see coming from the Bay Area, from San Francisco, from Northern California. Exclusive t-shirts you're not going to find anywhere else. Go to their brick and mortar on Chestnut even easier and more convenient, go to jacksf.com and use promo code DamonBruce10 when you go ahead and you check out for 10% off. Does that sound good to you? Sounds pretty good to me. I hope you like it. I like it. Uh, again, JJ Raider saying hello, everyone. He's on Twitch. And as you all know, JJ Raider is now, since we're doing official sponsors, the official sponsor... Of the Ganja Jar, JJ Ganja, my man. Still haven't even really dipped in because I'm just, I got to get all this lung spilkus out. Getting a little bit better every day. Don't want any setbacks. You know what I mean? But it's coming. And it's probably, it's probably going to happen about halftime of that Indiana game. I, I, I know when I break down mentally. Speaking of mental breakdowns. Michelle Haberman. By the way, Michelle Haberman, no one represents the plus with more passion than Michelle. Whenever she's like, I convinced a friend of mine that you are awesome. You got to go ahead. You got to uh, watch the Damon Bruce show. She'll be like, I picked up a subscriber for you. Thank you very much, Michelle. And Michelle recognizes that JJ Ganja is indeed in the house. Thank you so very, very much. Um, we're there. That's the sip of the day. It's official. Write it down. Where are we? 1540? Oh, boy. I hope you had the over. I didn't even see the over. I don't know. I, I try to stay out of these things. I really do. So, um, last night, we got the Golden State Warriors in Detroit. A 6-2 and two start. Man, that, you know, it's hard to shake a stick at that, right? That's pretty good. And what I really like is that there is something that you can see before you open up a box score. You can see that this team 
absolutely is on just a different wavelength than last year's Warriors team was. Connectivity, all those buzzwords that Steve Kerr said, you know, need to be reinstalled back into the team's software that somehow got, you know, virus erased last year with the incident we will not speak of again. Um, There is harmony. There is connection. There is, dare I even say, on the second night of a back-to-back, a little fun being had. Like, you add a little fun, a little playing hard for each other, and things get better on a basketball court. I don't care what level of basketball you're playing at. I don't care if you're in middle school or the NBA. We're having fun out here matters in that sport. And the Warriors, at times, I swear to God, I see it. They're having fun out there. Curry had 34 on a night where the Warriors had 26 assists, 8 steals, only 11 turnovers, 17 offensive rebounds. I like that. I like that an awful lot. Um, Clay and Paul each had 17 points. Got to like that. Dario Saric, I thought, played one of his better, more efficient. You got to get a bucket right here. Dario, bucket, Dario kind of games last night. Um, things are going really gosh darn well. Kavon Looney doing Kavon Looney-ish things. Uh, I, I'm I'm. Every single time Moses Moody hits the court, I like him more and more and more and Kaminga. And again, this is that good feeling. There's only one guy who's not getting it done, and it's Andrew Wiggins. How come Andrew Wiggins has, in the Warriors' mind, played enough basketball where what's being applied to you just don't have it tonight to like younger players and rookies isn't applied to him. I don't get it. Andrew Wiggins, 4.6 rebounds. He was the only Warriors player with a minus on the night. How about sending his ass to Santa Cruz? Like maybe that'll get his attention. Andrew Wiggins. I mean, this is this this is a guy who's got, you know, 27 million a year averaged over the next three, four years coming to him. He's not even going to be seeing a player option into the 26-27 season. Are you telling me this is the Andrew Wiggins we get? There's been five memorable games he's ever played in his life. What do you think the chances are we get the same amount of those like, man, Andrew Wiggins, you're just kicking ass tonight. Will we say that once in this regular season? And this isn't one of those bullshit like Damon, the nuance of this game can't be appreciated if you just look at... No, I'm watching. I'm watching. For the athlete that guy is, lazy. I don't... I, dude, I just... The engine. Can we get it out of second gear? Again, 6-2 and two start through the first eight games. I like what I see. But I just want... Andrew Wiggins to be judged under the same if it ain't if you ain't doing it you ain't gonna play that Trace Jackson Davis is because I'm tell you right now you give Trace Jackson Davis he's never gonna come back with four points and six rebounds here you go coach never that shit's never gonna happen well how do you know that Damon because I know the heart in that kid and I've been watching him longer than most of you watched your kids I'm dead serious. I, I, I think that the Warriors might be better with Wiggins on the bench and Trace in the starting five. 
put Sarich in the starting five, put Kaminga in the starting five. And obviously Kaminga and Sarich would go before Trace. I'm being a little over the top with that assessment. But you look, you got options other than the sleepy Canadian available to you. So use them. Warriors get their biggest test of the season since the opening night loss to the Phoenix Suns Wednesday night in Denver. And if the kids cooperate and I get a little clearance, I might have to hop on and do a little post game for that one. That feels like the first kind of like, okay, let's let's see where this team is in pecking orders uh, this year. Let's see. Let's see. Um Look, I, I, I don't want to sit around and like, you know, make fun of or Barry or James Wiseman or anything like that. But, you know, played Detroit, right? So James Wiseman, last night he checks into his second NBA game of the season and it felt like it was a total token check-in. Like the Warriors are here. Every element of your career, James, has been an embarrassment. So we don't want to give you a coach DNP to the team that drafted you and then traded you. So... Look, all I can tell you is that he he's he's demonstrably awful at this. Demonstrably awful at being a professional basketball player. And I really wonder how long it'll be before he hits the court in game number three. Because um, against the Warriors, he logged 11 minutes and he had zeros everywhere. Zeros everywhere except for three rebounds. 0 for 3 from the court. On November 1st, he was given six minutes. He committed four fouls in six minutes. He scored four points, two rebounds, and had an assist. And look, he's 22 now. He's 22, which to me still, you know, that's a very young man. But this is also the beginning of season number four for him in this league. Um, He is hardly a footnote in the Pistons' plans. It's one thing to not be able to crack the warrior code, right? I mean, we'll all acknowledge that. But to not be able to even be given minutes on a team that is very much the the Detroit Pistons are in the, hey, we're just figuring out what we got here phase of their team building. So if they thought that they had anything to extract from this kid, he'd be on the court and they'd be trying to extract it from him. It is a major concern. And, you know, he's in the last year of a four-year, $39 million contract. He's making $12 million this season, which in Detroit goes very, very far. So from a financial standpoint, don't feel bad for James Wiseman. But I I do. I feel bad for James Wiseman. This guy is, is not cloaking himself in glory as a professional athlete. Um, you know, Jalen Duran and and uh, Marvin Bagley III, they're, they're very much entrenched in front of him. And I, I, I don't know how he's going to fit if he is just so laissez-faire about, about everything. And he honestly, he might not sign a second NBA contract, which would officially have him going down as one of the largest busts in modern NBA, if not all NBA history. And, and look, you can talk about, you know, there are different levels of busts. There are different levels of busts. Rarely do you reach the huge expectations that you didn't meet, nor did you even get another sniff with a second or third contract. Like Darko, when I think of Detroit bust draft picks, Darko, 
Darko Milicic, right? Guy was a disaster. But you know what? He also played 10 years in the NBA. He bounced around a lot, but 10 years in the NBA, James Wiseman's not going to be playing 10 years in the NBA, okay? Um, you know, Greg Oden. Greg Oden is viewed as a huge bust. Well, he was always hurt and he only played 82 games. His body betrayed him more than any skill level or acumen really betrayed him. You know, what about Anthony Bennett? Like, that's kind of a standard bearer is that didn't work out at all. But even he got 151 games. And then everyone said, that'll be enough, Anthony. Thank you very much for coming. Feel bad for James Wiseman. I feel bad for James Wiseman. Um, but what I feared I saw in him early is what we see all the time. There's just, there's no dog. There's guys who fight for inches on a court. He's just not one of them. Um, if I did have a, a, a criticism to offer the Golden State Warriors as they're currently built right now, because um, not everything is right in the Warriors world. Again, good start, feels good. I like the vibes. I'm not really complaining here. But the fastest way to end this year would be to burn Curry out before he even starts to even think about a postseason. And I don't even mean with minutes because he is one of the greatest well-conditioned athletes we've ever seen. But just the mental workload as a scorer on a game-by-game -game basis he is essentially the only guy this team can count on. You know, he really is. You might be blown away by this. Maybe you saw it. But but for Dario Saric scoring 20 against the Thunder in Oklahoma City, not another Golden State Warrior has cracked a double-digit score with a two in front of it but Steph Curry and Dario Saric. Clay hasn't seen 20 points. Kaminga hasn't seen 20 points yet. Uh, you know, Draymond, again, we're not really looking for 20 points. Out of this is this is you, Clay Thompson. I'm talking to you here, buddy. Um, the only Warrior player to reach 20 or more points not named Steph Curry so far this season is Dario Saric. How's that even how's it even possible for a team that like boasts three future Hall of Famers? And a guy named Andrew Wiggins, who you're paying like he's going to be a perennial all-star. Like, take the thumb out of your ass and either get a rebound or start scoring buckets. If I see Andrew Wiggins brick another above-the-break three instead of driving and trying to get into the line, I, I mean, we're only eight games in. And that's already starting to piss me off. The Warrior point-per-game leaders so far. It's it's a it's a ridiculous discrepancy. Curry is dropping 30 and a half a night. 30.5 points per game. Second in line is Clay Thompson's 16.5. Six from 30 and a half to 16.5 for your second leading scorer. That is a massive drop-off. Uh Kaminga's at 13.2. Wiggins is at 11.7. Uh Draymond, who's only played five games, he's at 11.7. Again, Andrew Wiggins is scoring like Draymond Green. That's all you need to know about Andrew Wiggins right now. Um, Dario's at eight, CP3, 7.6. Obviously, his shot has taken a while to start falling. Um Peyton and Moody are both at 7.3 points per game. But if you'd like to know where and why, how did the Warriors get off to a good start? Where is this coming from? It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Uh, it's Chris Paul's 9.3 assist to turnover ratio. He's, he's basically got a 9 to 1 
assist to turnover ratio. It's insane. The guy hasn't had a turnover since New Orleans. That was four games ago. There was one turnover in that Pelicans game, and it was a lob that he threw up for Trace Jackson Davis that Trace didn't jump for. He wasn't expecting it, and so that was where the turnover happened. It wasn't even Paul's fault. It was Trace Jackson Davis's fault that Chris Paul notched one turnover four games ago. Chris Paul had three turnovers against Sacramento, which very might well could be his season high of single-game turnovers. Chris Paul had three turnovers against the Kings and one or none against everyone else so far this year. Jordan Poole's already got five turnovers in a game, four turnovers in another game. When he had all together, he's averaging four turnovers a game. The Wizards are one in five in the early going this season. A real big reason why the Warriors, who are not shooting great yet beyond anyone but Steph Curry, um, rebounding, uh, depending on the matchup, you know, um, but but playing more committed defense than we've seen in the past, for sure. Um, look, it turnovers are the difference. Turnovers are the difference right now for the Warriors. They could easily be four and four instead of six and two. Easily. But when you value the ball, when you cherish the ball, it's uh it, it matters. The Warriors Achilles heel, even through NBA titles, has been sloppy with the rock. If Chris Paul really is the guy who, who solves that, I mean that that's incredible. It really is. A couple of other things before we hop into Club Plus, before we start looking around at some of the things you're thinking and have to say, Um, I want to call your attention to an article that I saw pop up in the San Francisco Chronicle. It was written by Nami Sumida. Nami Sumida, and I I don't know what she covers normally. Her name is not familiar with me, so I'm guessing sports really isn't where she operates from. But she came out with like a bullet point presentation. I've been working really hard on this. And boy, do I have something to share with all of you. The highest paid employees at the University of California are not professors or senior administrators, but the head coaches of football and basketball teams. Last year, three UC coaches made over $4 million. Explore the data in my latest Chronicle project. That's common. And it borders on common knowledge if you've been paying attention to coach salaries and state employees and any level of your life. There are basically, I think, six, seven states And these are the, with all due respect, states that do not matter. Like states where if we really put it on the ballot, this November you get to vote for Taylor Swift stays and records a new album or Wyoming goes. Bye-bye, Wyoming. Like North Dakota, South Dakota, Maine, New York. New York is a decidedly pro-sports state. No one gives a rip about anything other than maybe a little Syracuse basketball, but that's it. Um, You know, St. John's in the city, a little, maybe, not much. You look anywhere, you look anywhere, the highest paid public officials are the coaches of a state university. 
Um, it's just the reality of it. And I, I, I don't endorse it, right? I mean, it, it, it sounds offensive, but at the same time, business is business is business. And I'm going to tell you right now that had the university and the UC coaches, as uh, as 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 Miss uh, Sumita writes, uh, you know, like she's like, they make over four million dollars a year. Three of them do. Yeah, that's why the Pac-12 pretty much disintegrated because you're not paying dudes to come in here and coach and get it right. Four million dollars uh, amongst uh, all football and basketball teams across the UC system is not much. It really isn't. So, you know, I, I think she, I think she really thought she was onto something, and then she put it out, and every sports fan in the world came back with her like a yeah, no duh. Anything else? I feel bad for her. I'm sure because we've all been there, right? You think like, man, I'm really onto something. I'm really, really onto something. I'm going to share this, and then you share it, and then everyone's like, yeah, we know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Glad I put in all that time and effort and made a pie chart. Just a little bit of baseball for you before we slip into Club Plus. Because what happened on the north side of Chicago, and the Cubs have fired David Ross to replace him with Craig Council. I don't I don't like it, man. David Ross was really liked in Chicago. And as a manager, the shortcomings of the Chicago Cubs didn't have anything to do with the way he went about it. It was the team he was handed. Craig Council, you know, look, is he an overachieving guy in Milwaukee? Sure he is. He has delivered probably more division crowns than anyone thought the Brewers were going to come up with in the last six years. The guy's won one postseason series in uh, his time in Milwaukee, and he has just been made the single highest paid manager in the history of baseball. Again, if you were going to let David Ross go, you should have fired him the year before Bruce Bochy came back and hired that guy. I hate that. I I do not like it. I don't like the rickets. This is another reason why I've fallen a little bit out of love with baseball because I've fallen out of love with the Cubs. I hate the way they go about operating. Yuck. It was just doing, doing a beloved Cub wrong. You know, you knew Ross had no managerial experiences when you hired him. You're going to hold that against him? He's done a hell of a job, all things considered. So here comes Craig Council again. He's very good. I like Craig Council. I just don't like him at the sacrifice of of Ross. And again, if you're if we're gonna get all fuck your feelings about the damn thing, go get Bruce Bochy before the Texas Rangers nab him. Seven major league uh, baseball's most highly sought after free agents were extended qualifying offers ahead of the deadline. Now, I know a lot of you probably just, you know, you're not in baseball mode. I'm not going to spend much time on this, but uh, Shohei Otani, Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Sonny Gray, Matt Chapman, Josh Hader, Cody Bellinger uh, all turned down their qualifying offers. So all those guys are hitting free agency. Players can be given a qualifying offer just once in their career. They're eligible to be paid amongst the sports 125 highest paid players. Right now, the qualifying offer around Major League Baseball is $20.325 million. So it's basically like you're getting franchise tagged. Um, you can do, It can only happen once. Um, and if you do sign a player who says no to a qualifying offer, you got to give up a draft pick. So 
just the mechanics of roster construction are already underway and no rest for the weary when it comes to off seasons, baby. Um, there it is. There's your show today. I told you I was never going to waste your time. I was never going to drag you through unnecessary segments that you just don't need at this point in time in your life. And I hope that we have not dragged you through anything that you do not need at this time in your life. I, though, I would like to, uh, um, by the way, get a lot of love for Uncle Boys is coming here. Lots of love for Uncle Boys and JJ Ganja, of course. I see Chef A. Um, yeah, I can't scroll back. Uncle Boys just got a lot of love. I just missed it. Uh, sorry, but crazy love for Uncle Boys. Crazy love for Uncle Boys. Um, before we hop into Club Plus, I'm just forewarning you. This is just a personal story about where I was this morning and just things that I think are like, shouldn't that be unspoken? Do we really have to say that? And do we have to say it 50 freaking times? So Jack, who is four years old, is going to be coming out of, you know, a, a daycare into actual kindergarten, which means Jillian and I have begun the process of vetting kindergartens and figuring out there is a drawn out process where you got to go look at a few different schools and then you rank them to your convenience. And then the city says, you know, you're lucky enough to either get your first pick or your second pick, your third pick. You know, it's 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 a very involved process. So today we went and this morning, Jillian and I walked around an elementary school. And it was absolutely adorable. It made me want to be a kid again. I won't even tell you which one. But it was a beautiful set up and I would be more than happy to see Jack go there. And the principal, she was this lovely woman who came and talked all about how, you know, at her elementary school, they preach inclusion. And then she kept on coming back to this. Like they're so inclusive. They're so, well, of course you are. It's elementary school. It's like, like, I, like, I get it. You know, like the concept of inclusion really shouldn't be hard to sell to parents in San Francisco in this melting pot with nursery school kids. Like, I don't want to hear you preach inclusion until you're actually hiring people in an HR department. Then we're going to need to reinforce the con the, the, the concepts of inclusion. But like, she was so proud of how inclusive her kindergarten, lady, it's a kindergarten. Who's, who's becoming subjectively, uh, you know, picky about who's in the room at kindergarten? Which, of course you're inclusive. You're running a kindergarten in San Francisco. This woman said inclusive. I swear to God, Jillian and I were there for, you know, 45 minutes, an hour today. I mean, we might have, we probably averaged one inclusive per minute. You know, if we were there for an hour, we got 60 inclusives, inclusions. Of course. Like, how about this? Assume that we all believe that. Yes. Assume. Yes. Everyone here. We. I am looking around. I see every single color of the racial rainbow in this room right now, right here. We have every single body of human being represented in this room. That right there speaks to the concept of it's San Francisco inclusion is it's kind of like having, you know, hills. What if I told you in San Francisco, well, we have these hills and these hills sometimes have very windy roads. You assume that we have this big orange bridge. There's a prison that's actually shut down, but on an island, which makes it quaint. 
go check it out. Like, of, co- of course. I just, again, I, like here I am to learn about your schools. You just don't have to keep on repeating bumper stickers at me. Like, am I too, is this just me being an asshole? <laughs> Maybe. There's a possibility of that happening too. But yes, going forward, should any future principal who's about to give me, my wife, or a group of parents in a school that is kindergarten, like, you don't need to sell us on inclusion. We're just going to assume it's there, and then, believe me, hell will come down from the heavens if it isn't in San Francisco. Good God. So there you go. I gotta I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get used to this kid applying to kindergarten thing, I guess. And that's my day. Hopefully your day only gets better from there. Um if you are listening on the podcast, thank you so very, very much for the download, for the listen, drop a like, tell your friends about it, and then make sure you let everyone know that sports don't build character. They reveal it. Kind of like inclusion in kindergarten, right? Like, you don't need, yeah, this really isn't going to build character, but it's going to show us that, you know, how about this? If you, hold on, I know, I know it sounded like the podcast just ended there, but I got one more thing to say. Take Every single kid, every ethnicity, every religious background, language differences, socioeconomic differences. Take one of every version of little kid under the age of four, put him in a play box, put him in a, a sandbox, put him in a playpen. You know what's going to happen? Every single one of those kids is just going to play with every single one of those kids. And every single one of those kids is going to be happy as a clam, you know, unless somebody like steals a toy from someone and then you got a four-year-old drama. But beyond four-year-old level drama, you can assume for the most part that every single one of those four-year-old kids is going to be open and willing to playing with every single one of those four-year-old kids. It isn't until parents and adults and religions come into the picture to fuck everything up. All the little kids put in a room would play with each other and everyone would get along fine until you had some, you know, moral authority figures, meaning the dickhead adults in the room start spewing reasons to maybe not like that kid into that kid, into that kid, into that. I mean, like it's just, when you get to see things through the prism of your kid, and if you don't have a kid, I understand you don't want to hear this. I, I get it. I get it. But there really is this absolute universal level of innocence in these kids that if we as adults didn't fuck them up, the world would be a better place. Sports don't build character, they reveal it. And like that, He's gone.